And welcome back to Comical Opinions. This is your publisher and EIC, Gabe Hernandez. This is our weekly newsletter. It is Monday, February 12th, 2024. Thank you for joining along. We're happy to have you. Uh, today's op-ed, before we get into the rest of the newsletter, is going to focus on something that we're going to call spiritual pressure, which is that small, still, quiet voice inside you that kind of makes you feel like you're locked up and can't quite progress and move in the direction you want to move. But th that pressure is there for a very good reason. And if you listen to it, it could lead to a pretty big creative breakthrough. And it, this has a direct impact on comics and the comic industry, both for the individual creators and the ecosystem as a whole. But before we get started, please like, share, comment, subscribe, uh, hit that bell for notification so you know when the next videos come out. And we are happy to have you along. Uh, so today's op-ed we're going to talk about is something called we're going to call spiritual pressure. So it's that feeling in your gut uh, that feels like, I don't know, that like the engine has kind of seized up because it's not enough oil. Or you, you just want to kind of go through your daily routine or your weekly routine uh, to write your script or draw your next panel or do whatever it is you want to do creatively in your journey as a comic professional or even a, an aspiring comic professional. And you've just been doing the same things over and over and over and over again. And then just all of a sudden you reach this point where you just feel locked up. Like you want to take that next step, but you can't. You're, you're, you're feeling like there's something inside you, like some kind of block or an anger. It's just forcing you to seize up. We're going to call that spiritual pressure. And that pressure is there for a very good reason. It's there to help you. Now, before you start burning your incense and... and shining your new age uh crystals and doing whatever the would would woo woo stuff that you that you're you got handy or or if that kind of stuff turns you off it's not about that it's kind of about that but it's really not about that so spiritual pressure is that that is something in within every person who wants to do something creative if you're an artist if you're a writer if you're a letterer if you're a colorist or whatever it is that you want to do in a creative realm and we're going to stick to the realm of comics it's that that's that creative wellspring where all your ideas come from, where your ability to kind of look past the everyday and find those creative juices flowing to do, to create or make whatever it is you want to make. That wellspring has protections in place. And it also has a little bit, if you want to call it, you know, God speaking to you, if you want to say it's some higher power, or if you're agnostic or don't believe in that stuff, it's just wherever the higher plane of consciousness that exists within you that makes creativity possible. That's where that source comes from. It's inside you and it lives with inside you. And so if you're doing creative endeavors, like you're drawing or you're writing or you're doing whatever it is you're doing that in, within the realm of comics, that creativity flow, that wellspring will sometimes lock up and block up and it'll prevent you from taking that next step. Now, for some people, like for example, writers, we'll call that like a writer's block. There's something there that's preventing you from moving forward. But the, the better way to look at it is it's not a block and it's not that you've, you're stuck and that you're not meant to go forward. What that really is, is we're going to call that spiritual pressure, which is whatever that creative spirit comes from, it's pushing on you because it's telling you that you've gone as far as you could go on your current path. And it's time for you to pivot. It's time for you to make a change, to go into a new direction or to take a step back, take a breath and say, hey, maybe I need to fine tune or maybe I need to um, just try something different. 
try something different because what, what, I've gone as far as I can go in my repetition in my practice, but now it's time for me to take the next next creative step in my journey. And so within the realm of comics, there are at least uh, several examples actually, but we're going to focus on two quick ones. Uh, first one is Frank Miller. I mean, if you've been around comics for any length of time, you know who Frank Miller is. Everything from The Dark Knight to Daredevil to Sin City and a whole host of of creative accomplishments in between. Well, Frank Miller wasn't always the creative uh, legend that he is known to be today. He had to start somewhere and he went through the uh, the, the cycles and the processes of being a, you know, a standard writer, a standard of creative force and trying to do different things. But it wasn't until he really shifted from being kind of the standard house type of artist and writer into his own work and then allowed himself to kind of let loose a little bit because he pivoted and because he made that changes, that's where he became the, the creator uh, genius and uh, legend that we know him to be. So for example, in, in the op-ed, I've got two examples. The one cover that you see on the right here is ROM number three. That's a standard pretty, it's a pretty good, but it's a, still a pretty standard ROM type cover uh, from Marvel Comics. And that was published in 1980. Uh, Daredevil, however, is where uh, Frank Miller was placed in the book. And that's where he really started to let himself loose a little bit. Now to the untrained uh, amateur, just novel a novice casual reader. I mean, the two covers are good, but they look pretty similar. But if you look closely on 168, technically speaking, Frank Miller didn't start on Daredevil until uh, 1979 on 158. But this is where you can see how his, some of his processes have started to evolve a little bit. So they're roughly in the same time frame. but you can see that when he moved on to Daredevil, he really took over the book. That's where you can start to see some of what we've come to know as a film noir style. He's dealing with a lot stronger silhouettes. You can see the beginnings of uh, Electra taking shape, which is one of his more famous um, portrayed characters. You can see in the background with the rain and the silhouette of the pedestal that uh, 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 Electra is standing on, how some of that film more style that he'll be known for in the future, where things like Sin City, how that's really starting to come out and really starting to, to push through. Uh, let's take another example. We're going to talk about Alan Moore. So Alan Moore was still a an excellent writer known for many things like V for Vendetta and for uh, Miracle Man and, and, and any number of publications that but they were really primarily UK focused. And that's nothing wrong with that, but that's to say that's that's how he was sort of known. But when he pivoted and he took over the saga of Swamp Thing and particularly with his seminal work on the title The Anatomy Lesson, that's when he really broke through, especially in the American market and especially with DC. And that led to so many other things, particularly Watchmen and so many other titles that you know, we're not going to go over the whole list, but you can see it here. So he was known for one thing, and then he made a pivot because he was pushed in that direction. And then when he took over Swamp Thing, and especially when he created an anatomy lesson, which was like the big hit for that title, where that title was previously floundering, he took, he not only pivoted himself as a writer creatively, he pivoted that title creatively and took Swamp Thing in completely new directions that made a big difference in, in how you understand that character. And it changed that character forever. So that that's a huge win right there because he was put under pressure to make a change. He made that change. He pivoted about how he was doing things and who he was working with and what titles he was taking over and that he launched the American market. This was in his only title in the American market, obviously. 
but it made a huge difference in how he was doing things. And that led to great creative uh, improvements and great creative changes. So that brings that back to us uh, for here at the folks at uh, Comical Opinions. We encountered something, I would say, I won't say, you know, we're not going to say we're geniuses like Alan Moore or Frank Miller, but but it, but it's the same similar type of process. It's a cycle. You do the same things over and over again. I, I wholeheartedly believe we create, we create, we write and publish some of the best comic reviews around. I wholeheartedly believe that. But it's more than that. It's also understanding that once you get into that cycle and do it over and over and over again and fine tune and fine tune and fine tune, eventually you reach a point where you just can't improve anymore. And, and and so that creative wellspring that's within you, and we felt the same way. It was just like this this block. All of a sudden, this this seizing up of the creative engine that said, "Hey, you've got to pivot. It's time to make a change. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. You you creatively you want to you want to expand. You want to grow. It's you got to pivot. And that's what, sort of what led us to this current change that we're going through right now of completely reworking our entire publishing process. Not only writing written reviews, but also now doing video merging them together and sort of creating a a uh, hub and spoke model if you will i'm not gonna give it away too much away about the uh, the sausage making process and the secret sauce but it's a it's a question of just taking the thought processes how do we get that thought out there in different platforms in different ways so that way we can kind of bring everybody together just to, to kind of bring focus on comics that people don't normally talk about, uh, let you know who, who's creating what and doing some things that are just beyond the standard. Everybody's talking about Batman and Spider-Man. That was the whole point of creating the site is to kind of bring more exposure to things that people don't necessarily see because it's not out there. And now we're kind of taking it to that next level, making that next step because we felt that spiritual pressure as well. And when you, when you feel that pressure, that's, that's not a, that's not a bad thing, although it's uncomfortable it's a good thing because it's telling you that you're ready for the next level. It's ready for a breakthrough. And so my, my, uh, my warning and my encouragement to you is if you feel that spiritual pressure, if you feel that block that's holding you back saying, I'm, I'm doing the things I'm always do, I'm always doing and all of a sudden I'm seizing up and I can't, I don't feel like I can even do anymore. That that doesn't mean stop. It means pivot and break through, listen to that small voice, try something different, Try and rework how you're doing things. Think outside the box and break through. You'll be more creative for it. You'll be better for it. And eventually that'll take you to the next level. So that's the op-ed for today. But you know, what, is, what do you think about the idea of spiritual pressure? What do you think about that idea of something inside you just kind of seizing you up and blocking you? Have you ever felt that? Do you know anybody who has? And when they, they listen to that voice and they chose to pivot in a different direction, how did that improve what they did? Did they become better for it? Did it make them stronger for it? Or, or did it give, or did it kind of change their creative heights? Let us know, you know, tell us your story. We want to hear from you. Uh, what did you think about this? Because we really want to understand how people are experiencing the same thing that we do. So that's it for the op-ed. Let's move on to the rest of the newsletter. So uh, yes. So speaking of pivots, we have not forgot about, forgotten about our making a comic, uh, series. We're just taking a little bit of a hiatus while we work out a restructuring our entire publication process and how we're doing written reviews and videos and everything else. Uh, so making comic is not gone. It's just a little bit on hold once we've not sort of nailed down our publishing processes, because that is the main thing of the, what we do. We'll be back on track for the next episode, episode three, when it's all about the pitch and, we're going to provide everybody who watches that video and reads that uh, or reads that document. We're going to provide everybody who wants it a copy of the 
pitch template that we're using for our, our first indie comic script. And um, if you want a copy of it, please make sure you subscribe so you get notified when the next episode comes out. And once it is released, you're going to get a copy of the template free of charge. This is our gift for you for, for reading, um, reading what we do, watching our videos and following along. Uh, last, last but not least, uh, because we are making these changes to how we publish reviews, um, you're going to see the format change a little bit. Sometimes headers are in different places. Sometimes bullet points are in different places. Uh, don't get alarmed. It's just us trying to experiment and try different things to figure out what's the most efficient way of getting the review out there, uh, but while still providing the content in, in a meaningful, uh, meaty way. And, so, and, and making sure that the re reviews pair pretty well with the video reviews. We want them to kind of be very synergistically aligned and so if you see the formats kind of change and incrementally go up and down and they look like they're different reviews written by different people, every single one you read, that's by design because we're experimenting, we're trying to do different things and making sure that we eventually lock it down to the next type of best review for you. Okay, so that's it for the updates. Now let's go on to the reviews from last week and this week. So I uh, won't read through the whole list of reviews. The links are in the in the uh, newsletter. So go to the if you're watching this on YouTube, please go to the newsletter. The links for all our reviews are there, or just visit our our site, uh, comicalopinions.com, and the the reviews are all there. Uh, I will say the pick of the week for us, surprisingly, not Thundercats number one. It was a good comic. Not fantastic, but it was still good. If we, if we had to line them up and say, okay, which one gave us the most bang for our buck? It's going to be Oz Kingdom of the Lost number three from Zenoscope. So that's that was a three. That's the finale of the three part miniseries from Zenoscope, and we stuck the landing. We stuck the landing. So I would definitely re recommend picking that up. So moving on to reviews for this week coming up, we have the Codex Volume One, which is an indie submission. Pop-up pop up number four from Blood Moon. We also have Ice Canyon Monster number one, Humbaba number one, and Haunted House, a love story number four, all from Blood Moon Comics. Big week for Blood Moon. Uh, from Image, we have Transformers number five, and I believe the Scorch number 26. Yep. Uh, from Dynamite, we have Vampirella number 666. That's a renumbering of their ongoing series, and that's, they'll keep that number going forward. Uh, also from Dynamite, we have Savage Red Sonya number four, and... Jennifer Blood, Battle Diary, number three, and Alice Cooper, volume two, number five. From, oh, and also from Image, we have Creepshow, Wolverton Station, which is a one-shot from Joe Hill. Uh, from Titan Comics, we have Rebel Moon, House of the Blood Axe, number two. That's based on the Zack Snyder films. Uh, Blade Runner 2039, number 10. And Bloodborne, Bleak Dominion, number four. Uh, and then scrolling down the list from Xenoscope, we have... Van Helsing Bonded by Blood, which is a one-shot, which is different than the last week's Van Helsing uh, Vampire uh, series. And Mist Dragon's Guard number... Uh, uh, no, just one shot. Mist Dragon's Guard. Okay, that's it for uh, issues coming up this week. And we might catch up on one or two that we missed from the last weeks prior. But that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining along. Uh, we hope you uh, please uh, like, share, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, hit the bell for notification let us, so that you can be notified when we have a new video up. And we're trying to get things going so that at least we're doing some videos at least five days a week, if not seven days a week. And um, if you're not already, please subscribe to the newsletter so you can get this newsletter delivered to your inbox every single Monday. Thank you so much for joining. This is Gabe Hernandez, your publisher and EIC for Comical Opinions, signing off.